This is episode number 75 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannert. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannert, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become more confident in poised presenters and speakers. Now, this is podcast number 75. And on last week's episode, we discussed how to how to use technology to help your audience retain information longer. This week, I'm going to show you in a little bit more specificity how you can use an online training course or an online course to help reinforce content from your in-person meetings. It can actually maximize the results that you're, you're getting from your seminars or presentations, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, by the way, this podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. Um, it just uh, just to let you know, I, I know a lot of times folks kind of listen to the the uh, podcast and sometimes you might listen to two, three, four, five podcasts and you go, what the heck is Fearless Presentations anyway? I mean, it's I like the podcast, but what the heck is the class? Uh, well, it's a two-day public speaking class and it really is a, a fantastic way to help you not only reduce nervousness, I mean, that's kind of the first part, but it's really to help you become a more polished and professional speaker. So whatever industry that you're in, the, the class can really help. Now, we've got classes coming up in the next month and a half or so in Portland, Detroit, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Tampa, L.A., Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Dallas, Boston, Phoenix, Chicago, Seattle, and Miami. And if I didn't call your city, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. Look for the, the full schedule. And don't forget, we can conduct private classes for groups of as few as five people at a, at a pretty significant discount. So a lot of times you can train a group of people. You can train 12, 15 people or so for about the same price as spending maybe four or five people to a, a public class. So save a lot of money that way. So let's get on with today's podcast. So today's session is called Online Training Best Practices. That's going to help you support your in-person training sessions, or it doesn't necessarily have to be training. It could be any type of presentation that you're doing on an in-person basis. But uh, if you need to reinforce content or get people to retain the information that you're giving them in your in your uh, in-person presentation, speeches, training, seminars, whatever it is, then um, we're going to give you some some good pointers on that. So so how do you create an online training course that people are that basically that people just don't hate? I mean, that's kind of the big thing. Most of the time in today's world, if you go to a to a training program, an online training program anyway, it can be a little challenging because, um, you know, for the most part, there's there's kind of a there's still kind of a, a stigma about online training because most of the time the things that we've seen in the past have been pretty boring, been pretty challenging. So uh, about six months ago, we here at the Leaders Institute at Fairless Presentations decided to revamp our online training course, and um, I, I got to be kind of blunt. <laughs> I mean, I was when I when I. When we started the process, I wasn't really sure exactly how to do it. I kind of knew what we had already, and it was pretty good. I mean, we had pretty good online class. You know, we got compliments about it, but um, I mean, technology has changed pretty dramatically since we created this back in you know 2012 or whenever it was that we we created the 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 old version anyway. So, and and when I started. 
with my group to kind of recreate this online course. I, um, I just, I assumed that we would, you know, just update the videos and, and make it look prettier and, and then we'd kind of be done. But the more that we started to update, the more we started noticing opportunities that just started to, to surface, to, 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 um, get noticed. And I think my biggest obstacle at the very beginning of that process was my preconceived notions about what online training was and, and basically the limitations of it. So, so first, um, one of those limitations, by the way, one of those preconceived notions that I had was that I was thinking as the online version of the course as a replacement for the in-person training, for the in-person training. And, and, and that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> but second, um, from my years of experience, I know that unless you're able to practice a new skill and have a series of successes, then your confidence in that skill is not likely to grow. So I, I really saw an online version of a public speaking class as having a lot of kind of built in limitations. And um, and so those were really preconceived notions that I had to kind of wrestle through as we as we started to build this new concept or this new process. So um, if you if you just watch a series of online videos, for instance, you may gain some knowledge, but you're not really going to gain a lot of skill. So as we develop more and more of the content for this new online course, though, my preconceived notions begin to kind of falter because technology is, technology has changed so much that you can do a lot more now than just show a video. There's, you can do a lot more now than what we ever could in the past in order to get people to not only get the knowledge and the and the the content, but also be able to apply it. And that's that's really the big thing that's that's always been missing from the online courses. So, so basically, what I'm going to cover in this session are just a few little key things that we figured out as we were building the new version of the the Fearless Presentations online course. And maybe you'll be able to use them in your own in your own industry as well. So, uh, so let's kind of start with with uh, some of the the nuggets of, or the, some of the 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 best practices that I've kind of figured out going through this process. The the first best practice is micro learning is a lot better than throwing a bunch of content up and hoping that people remember it. So, so basically, what we're saying is you want to organize your online training into kind of bite-sized nuggets or bite-sized pieces of content. So no matter how entertaining you are as a speaker or a trainer, no one wants to watch a long video of a person speaking on you. You know, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just, if all you're doing is just, it is, is um, recording yourself speaking to a camera, you better be dang good in order to be able to hold somebody's attention for more than three, four, five, six minutes or so. And and I like to think that I'm pretty good, but I, but even I have trouble with this. So it can be very challenging. YouTube has spawned a new trend in e-learning and and a lot and this new trend though is what they're calling now is micro learning and it really makes sense. You know, attention spans are really limited, so if you want people to enjoy your online content, it's best to kind of break it into bite-sized pieces. You know, for instance, the the very first session of the the fearless presentations class, the 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 online the updated online version that I've been talking about, it's uh, I'm it's a good hour of content and in the original version of the of the class of the of the online course that we created, we basically just recorded me giving that first hour presentation and we had some text underneath it. And that was kind of it. You know, that was that was the whole online session. And what we kind of figured out was that if you looking at the statistics of what people viewed 
on that uh, on that old version, most people didn't get all the way to the end, which was where that was the good part. Right? Didn't get all the way to the end. That was where it got really cool, you know. So the first part wasn't nearly as interesting as the last part. And so we said, okay, how can we make that a little better? And so the micro content concept really turned out to be a big winner on the on the new version of the of the class. So basically, what we did was we broke down that hour long video into 12 separate pieces of micro content. And then for each one of those little micro content videos that we created, we we had an accompanying summary with the with text of kind of what that one was about. So it made it to where somebody who wants to experience the entire program and get all of the content and really delve in, they can go in and watch every single one of those 12 videos. But if somebody wants to kind of skim through and read the text, and if they see something in the text that's interesting to them or they, they think might be helpful, they can watch that particular video. And, and it makes it a whole lot easier for people to access the content that is most applicable to what they're going through. So an analogy that I like to use to kind of explain the, this is, is if you think of your online course kind of like being like cheesecake you know i'd give you an example when i was um when i back in corporate america my boss um one of his big clients one of our big clients as a company anyway was the cheesecake factory and uh he decided one christmas to get us each uh one of the a full cheesecake from the cheesecake factory which was awesome by the way it was we really really enjoyed it the first day <laughs> so cheesecake is fantastic if you're eating it one bite at a time you know one slice at a time but if you try to eat an entire cheesecake in one sitting you're just going to make yourself sick and i think that's the way a lot of people are with online training you have to kind of break it up so that people can delve into something important internalize that content and then be able to come back and, and get something else later and it, it tends to work a whole lot better so think of your online classes or online training as as being like cheesecake and and you'll you'll typically design it a little bit better um, the second thing the second best practice that we kind of figured out was that you want to make your online course video based but you also want to offer options and and this was something that that was it, it kind of created a little bit of controversy here around the the office um, we had a debate within Within, internally within our company when we we're creating the the new course and on our production team we've got people from like four different generations so we've got 20 somethings we got 30 somethings i'm in the 40 something and we got a 50 something person as well so we've got uh, we've got people from all different generations in there and our youngest group the the folks that the couple of folks that are that were closest into their 20s um, were they, they wanted the entire course to just be short videos when when we were recreating this and and there's a lot of I mean that's not a bad idea it's a good idea in fact that's a, that's the way a lot of our competitors do online courses and a lot of online courses that I've actually invested in myself that's the way they're they're kind of designed just in, as a series of videos and and there's there's nothing wrong with that but one of what I kind of figured out though was that me personally and the other person that's on our staff that's that's kind of in my age group um I like to watch videos but I get bored with videos pretty easy you know so I don't want to if if it's if the whole course is going to be 12 hours of video oh man I mean that's just like that's like torture so I would much rather kind of read some of the content and watch videos with the stuff that's most important to me and then um and then the interesting thing is that the the uh, person on our staff that's kind of older than me liked to have both um the um like to just have the the act of uh, just the uh, the text and everything. So anyway, everybody had something different in mind with what this course was going to be. And so what we ended up doing was we ended up creating a combination of 
the, the videos plus text to reinforce those videos plus activities. And it made it to where no matter which one of those, those generations that we were in or how each one of us liked to, to incorporate content, um, it had something, the, the course in and of itself had, had something for all of us. And it was one of, it's now it's one of those things that you don't have to, to do every single thing that's in the course in order to get value out of it. You can just read if you want to and do the activities. You can just watch the videos and do the activities. You can actually just do the activities. And and that's one of the things that, that really, um, kind of was a big was a big bonus as as we uh, because of the way that we laid the the online course out it it had this really neat way of benefiting the in-person version of the class which is kind of what this podcast is about we, we because the sessions are clearly segregated by by content and it gives the option for people as they're going through the online session to do just the activities or to, to read if they want to or to watch videos if they want to. They have the option of just doing the activities. And so what we kind of found is that in some of the last few classes that I've done since we've rolled out the online version of the class, there have been some people in my in-person classes that have opted to um, not necessarily use their their printed manual. We give it to them still, but instead of using the printed manual, they've opened up their laptop or their tablet or their phone, and they're using the online course, the 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 activities on the online course as a part of the in-person class. And it's been a a great benefit because. It does a couple of things that actually help speed up the class and reinforce the content for the person, because as they're doing those activities, they're that data that they're inputting into the the forms of the the the, um, the online course is going into their specific account. It's being saved for them. So now that person at a later date can go and access that particular if they if they created a presentation in the class. That person can now access the the content of that presentation and access a, a visual aid that was created as a result of the the inputs that he or she kind of put in the in the in the course. And so, we've actually been using those those visual aids as the visual aid in in the class, and it's just saved us a lot of time and made it really it it's made for a much better class anyway. So. One of those things that was kind of an accident along the way, but it's worked out really, really well. Um, the third thing that you want to do if you're designing one of these online classes, you want to make sure that the course is accessible on multi-device platforms. So you want to make sure that it's accessible on mobile, on cell phones, that kind of thing, on, on laptops, on desktops, on tablets, whatever it is that, that the person has at their disposal. You want to make sure that that um, it's accessible. This was a really big problem with the old version of our online course. When, when we created it, the technology that we were using was really designed for like a desktop because at the time you know 2010 or so when we created this i mean who the heck is going to take a course on their phone back in 2010 (laughs) well back then nobody you know data was very expensive and the phones weren't that great yet they're okay but not as good as they are today but the fantastic news now is that technology has improved to where you can actually house your online course in in a simple wordpress website with help from a few simple plugins. So in, I mean, even in recent years, if you wanted to create an online course, I mean, you you would really have to have used a third party platform like course, Coursera, I I think is the way you pronounce it. C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A or Udemy. They have weird names. I don't know why these, these online course companies have such weird names, but if you want to, if you want to check out any of these online course creation 
companies, they're, they're still there. And I'll put a link to them on the on the show notes if you go to fearlesspresentations.com. But and the, by the way, because those platforms are still a pretty good option. But if you're trying to create some type of internal program for your for your employees or something like that, they don't really work that well. And 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 by the way, you can create an entire website uh, for your online course if you want. You can just go buy a URL from GoDaddy or something like that, and and create a WordPress site out of it with a couple of plugins. You can create that the whole thing from from scratch in a very short period of time, minutes, you know, hours max. And and um, and all you would need is just a simple plugin like um, like the one I use is iMember three hundred and sixty. That's the one we use at fearlesspresentations.com. But um, there's a, it's basically just a membership website where um, you you're able to give access to people who have um, who are supposed to get access to that course. You know, like, for instance, for us, for fearless presentations, if somebody registers for the two day fearless presentations class, we also give them the online course for free. It's part of the registration fee. So um, they get a member, they get a login for the Fearless Presentations website that allows them to access the, the online version of the course. And if you purchase the course, you you also get that access. And so it's a, it's a simple plugin that you can that you can that you can get for free or for a very small amount of money. So as long and the neat thing about it is that with WordPress and these plugins and stuff like that, just about every single theme that's out there for WordPress now is um, it, it's mobile ready. You know, it's it's responsive. So as long as the theme that you're using in whatever platform that you're using to create your your website is uh, responsive to different screen sizes and, and nowadays most automatically are. You, with a simple login application, you'll be able to create your course and device, and and it's it's really easy. It's really easy to do. So, so basically, that's kind of one of the key things. Um, if you're using one of those um, the older platforms, though, most of them have become responsive, and that's helped out. The one that we were using wasn't. You know, by the way, um, we were using that one that's been around for a long time, just hasn't been updated in a while, and so I think we're losing out on a lot of potential customers just because. Um, the um, folks couldn't access it on their phone. They could. It just didn't look as pretty on their phone. Um, so, so make sure that you're testing all of your you're testing your courses on different um, types of, of platforms and make it a whole lot easier. Um, the next thing that you want to make, keep in mind about your online courses to make them a whole lot more helpful if you're pairing them with an in-person session of some type is that you have to make the the online course pretty or interactive. Um, I mean, pe- people learn by doing. They don't learn by watching videos. So you have to make your courses interactive in some way. An easy way to do this, by the way, is just with a form of some type. Google Forms, by the way, will will allow you to do this. So Google has a whole different, a whole um, online organization that will that that helps you create stuff for business. And Google Forms is a is a is an easy one to to start using. The the after each video, all you have to really do is give your attendees something to do that will help them apply the instruction in in the real world, in real life. You know, for for instance, in, in the course that that we've redesigned, there's a specific section that helps people create a, a presentation outline. And we want the outline to be awesome. We want it to be really audience focused. We want it to be something that when the audience just sees the outline, they look at it and go, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this, which is not an easy thing to do. But with this, we take people through a real step-by-step process to allow them to do that. And and we do that through using forms on the, the online course. So we'll give a, a quick little video and we'll, we'll ask them to do something in the form, just insert some, some data. 
And what's happening is as they put that information into the form, the the form is actually collecting that data and combining it into what's going to turn out to be a fantastic title for their presentation. So all they have to do is just do the work and the the form or the, the, the program, the online course will split spit out a really awesome title for the presentation that they're designing. So we, it's it's fun. It's easy. It's it's one of those things that when people see it for the first time, they go, wow, that was kind of cool. And, and so if you can put little things like that into your online course, it'll make it more interesting for people. It's, it's, it's not just watching and trying to retain the information. There's, there's something interactive in there. And by the way, it didn't have to be a lot. Just, you don't, you don't have to throw in a ton of interaction, just something that helps your, your attendees use their other senses so that they don't get bored. That's kind of the key thing to, to do here. And then the last thing that we're going to talk about is that you can make your online course social. And, and this is, more important if you're charging a fee to someone to access your online courses, but it can also be helpful for internal courses if you're doing this for your company. So um, you want to give a way for your attendees to interact with you. So a good way to do this, by the way, is to offer your online sessions live. This is where people go, what? <laughs> Wait a minute, Doug. I don't think I want to do this live. But no, yeah, that's I mean, that's what you want to do. You, the, the, one of the better ways to do online training is to do them in a live session because this allows your attendees to ask you questions, interact with you. And, and, and they are able to do that while they're actually learning the content. So and by the way, that's one of the things that we are. Uh, really delving into um, in the in the, um, the the middle part of this year, we're going to be releasing our new online leadership course because um, we've been doing in person leadership training for twenty plus years or so. But leadership training is actually something in uh, that's a little bit different from public speaking, whereas it's the kind of thing that you can actually learn in uh, in online sessions a whole lot easier than gaining confidence speaking in front of a group. So it's a little bit easier to to do that content. So we're going to be doing that in weekly live sessions. And uh, that's we'll be rolling that out sometime in the near future. But um, so stay tuned to that. Uh, you know, by the way, you don't necessarily have to go to the extreme of just doing live stuff. You can you can open up comments at the bottom of each of the session posts. If you're using a blog like WordPress or something like that, just open up the comments. And that way, if somebody has a question, they can just leave you a comment at the bottom of the page. Or you can create a, a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group and, and just open the membership to that group to people who are attendees in in these um, sessions that you're doing. So but whichever way that you choose, you want to make sure that their conversation that you're having is two way, not just one way. It's not just you giving information to your to your um, attendees without any feedback. You want to make sure that you're getting feedback some way. So anyway, so those are five of the best practices that we've kind of come up with in, in this this new endeavor that we've been doing. Um, so just kind of keep keep the, the main thing to keep in mind about what we're talking about today is that technology is constantly changing. So what's popular today is going to be kind of old school tomorrow. So so keep updating your online stuff. So by the way, if you're interested in finding out more about the online course that we've that we've uh, just released, you can go to fearlesspresentations.com. If you just type in online course in the search bar at the top of the fearlesspresentations.com page, it'll take you right to it. Or you can go to the show notes and the show notes will give you a link to the online course. We hope you enjoy the online course and we hope that you're enjoying the Fearless Presentations Presentations podcast. We'll see you next week.
Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.